0: Hi and welcome to another episode of Straight Out of Camera proudly sponsored by Fuji Film South Africa. Joining me live in studio today is managing director of TechSmart.co.za, Mike Hubert. Mike, how are you doing sir? Firstly, yes, how are you? Very well. And live from Cape Town is commercial photographer Leon Westlason. Hi Leon. Hello guys, it's uh, Hi, like a lucky morning. Awesome. Guys, so today we're chatting about fashion photography and um, it's quite an interesting sort of subject. If you look on Facebook today, you'll probably find the same model being shot by a hundred photographers in the same sort of way and um, feature. Mike, what do you think? How do we distinguish ourselves as fashion photographers in today's age?
1: Well, we were actually just before the show, we were chatting and, and, and taking a look at the ages of well-known photographers like uh, Richard Avedon and uh, Hel- Helmut Newton. So those guys were all quite old when they were really famous and did all the shoots. Mm. Um, so I'm not sure. I think uh, our guest a little bit later, Mardi and Maria, might be able to shed some light on the situation.
0: Leon, when is um, being a fashion photographer in South Africa too old? You know, all those oldies um, taking pictures of young 19-year-olds, is, is that appropriate in your 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 sort of view?
2: Uh, it's not appropriate. It's definitely not fashion. Um, I think it's people that, that have a gear obsession amongst other obsessions and, and they find a semi-above-board uh, way to express this in a more public way. Uh, that that's just my take on it, but it, uh, you know, for me, fashion is is completely different from that. Um, you, you, there's model portfolio photography. Um, there, there's headshots. There's uh, fashion, which is actually more about uh, the the clothing and the apparel than it is about the person. And I think for for those kind of guys that you just described, it's more about shooting the person with as little as possible apparel um in various ways so for me that's it's a very different thing when you when you start to play with light and line and form all the formal artistic elements those are things that you mature in over time um very few people have that just as a natural standard even if it is a gift it's something that you mature in. so yeah for me i make a very clear distinction between those two groups
1: if you're talking about line and form i think Helmut newton is definitely a guy there that really kind of cut his teeth on that and brought something else to the fashion industry isn't it?
2: Absolutely yes um, well Helmut Newton is one and then um, another guy as well is Herb Ritz I mean if you look at his uh, oftentimes very bright backgrounds and very sculpted uh, figures in space that's a very different thing so that that's almost more like a fine art fashion yeah. approach so not yeah. everything he did was fashion per se but it, it headed more in that direction than a lot of the stuff that we typically see online
0: What's quite interesting that um, you've mentioned, Leon, is the fact that fashion photography is about the product, not the model. Um, how would you approach, if I started a jean company tomorrow, how would you approach um, shooting my catalogs or promoting my brand um, in a shoot?
2: Well, when you when you talk about fashion um and especially high fashion, there's also a difference between those. You get fashion where you get uh, typical more lifestyle-orientated shots for retail stores, um, and those goes on billboard and banners and, and in-store flyers and uh, promotional material like that. And then you get high fashion, the stuff that you see on – uh, almost like a, a still shot version of runways um, where, where uh, avant-garde uh, t- trends and designs are being flaunted. Those things that look like they come straight from the fifth element um, and they they sometimes look really weird and Wacky and wonderful, and other times it's 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 a design line where you could actually see a trend or, or a particular designer's style that's flaunted. Um, if you look at uh, fashion TV, for instance, there's a lot of great interviews with designers and photographers, and the way that they approach um, the 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 style of a particular designer in a holistic fashion, so that when they have a series, let's say they have a spread of um, eight. Uh, images, or, or even twenty, sometimes if it's a great uh, publication, then you can see then you can see a trend um, and it's styled accordingly. So it's part of a whole. It's a whole uh, language of images that uh, portrays it. Coming back to the denim example now, um, so if it's for high fashion, then I would try and accentuate what makes that different in terms of the design um, or the way that you wear it or where you would wear it to. Um, when it becomes more lifestyle and more more current and everyday. And Then you'd show um, who wears it and where, where you wear it to in a more everyday kind of an environment.
1: Well, you do wonder about uh, some of these fashion shoots sometimes because guys like uh, Stephen Meisel, one of the most famous photographers doing fashion, took women to mental institutions and shot them there, you know? So you do wonder mm, how much relevance is that to fashion?
2: It's trying to push the envelope, I think. Mm. Um, and not, not, not all the envelope pushing is successful, but it's like I say to people at camera clubs, even if you, if you feel you're stuck in a rut gun experiment, there's no such thing as a bad experiment. Um, except the ones that don't get done. Um, no. because whether, whether it's supposedly a success or a failure, you've learned something. Uh, I don't, I don't like the yes man thing where whoever does whatever is amazing. That doesn't necessarily float my boat. You know, it's a if an experiment goes south, you learn something, but you don't publish it and make it amazing. That's not what it's about. Um, but that's, that's where subjectivity comes into it. A, a guy like Koto Balofo, for instance, I don't know if you know his name, a uh, South African guy that, um, that went to London. I think his family moved there um, sort of like before apartheid hit, sort of like the worst part. And then he, he tried to get into a regular photography school in London, and he got like, kicked around. His lecturers didn't like him because he was very counterculture. And so he just went out and did his own thing, and that became his that became his trademark. He just makes it up as he goes along, but he has an absolute flair for for style and um, posing a group of people. So if you check out his work, you'll you'll definitely see something completely different and something quite fresh every time that he posts.
1: Well, perhaps that relates to what Ashley uh, asked earlier about what sets you apart. How do you kind of get into the industry? And, and it, it it does seem like. For the most part, if you can add something special and something unique to the way that your models pose, or the way that you shoot them, the the way you use light, perhaps that is something else. You know, mm-hmm.
2: uh, there's there's a bit of a controversy at the moment as well because in in the image you you have to see that um, I mean the the fact that we don't photograph mannequins um, but we have we have clothing and uh, apparel on live people that's obviously more important. Um, but the the way that the photographer and the production crew honors the person uh, is also important. There's a bunch of wheels that are falling off with guys that are getting sued and the uh, the whole Me Too campaign. So there's there's a bit of a subculture um, and the fashion industry has a bit of a bad rap for that where photographers were known to um, sort of fluck like take advantage and things like this are now coming to the surface. So it's a very tricky thing where uh I think it's 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 oftentimes it's a bit of a power play for me. Um, where look at me, I'm this great guy or this influential brand or um, or this. And at the at the bottom end of that rung uh, of that ladder, oftentimes the uh, the models come in last. So they just they just hang tight until they hopefully become famous enough that they can um, they also have gravity. I
1: suspect the uh, fashion industry is, or at least the fashion photography industry, is going to be hit by a couple of really uh, interesting revelations with the Me Too campaign. There's a couple of eruptions already with uh, Uncle Terry mm-hmm. um, being blacklisted and, and guys like that. So yeah, for sure.
3: Brandlive.co.za Have you ever thought about the power of social media? Social media has the power to make your business grow. grow yes. Why don't you let us manage your social media? Because our business is to see your business grow. Visit us at www.beastownmedia.co.za. Harnessing the power of talk radio. Brandlive.co.za. Live from 27 boxes in the heart of Melville, this is brandlive.co.za.
1: Our guest for today here on the Straight Out of Camera podcast is uh, Mardi Maria. Do yourself a favor and go to the uh, shoot 2 uh website or on his uh, Instagram page at Mardi Maria and go and check out, check out this guy's photo. It's absolutely amazing, stunning. If you talk about something different in the, in the uh, fashion industry, uh, have a look there. You'll definitely notice that uh, he is adding something special to the table. And to, to talk about um, fashion photography today, Mardi, welcome to the podcast.
3: Thank you, guys, and thanks for having me.
1: You come from P.E., which is quite a strange place to break into the fashion photography scene. How did you manage to uh, find your feet?
3: I guess starting in that way, it, it's the whole idea of big fish, small pond. If, if you There's not many photographers here, and quite a few of the models here are trying to get into agencies in Cape Town and Joburg. So you, if you put yourself on the point that you are one of the first photographers they work with to get them into, into um, an agency along the way, that agency sees your work. So as they come in and get introduced, the agency sees your work and you one of the options going through. So to be there from the start is quite a big positive.
0: Mardia, talking about um, where you started in photography, I know we've got very similar – um, sort of work ethics when it came to 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 starting in labs and those sort of things. Just give us a b- brief history on, on how photography became your passion.
3: Right in the beginning, I actually studied IT. I wanted to become do programming and so on. Then when I went overseas to work through it, um, the company I worked for wanted photography in the actual applications. So they sent me to the London School of Arts to study photography. I did a few short courses. And coming back to South Africa, the programming languages i did was too niche market there was no game design or anything in south africa at that stage i'm talking about 2004 maybe perhaps so i grabbed the camera and i went from there
2: uh marty when you when you came back to south africa and um you you started to figure out um how you plant yourself in photography did you did you do a bit of everything or did you know that you wanted to work with fashion and um, shooting with models and up-and-coming stars from the get-go? Uh,
3: well, I tried to make a living out of um, lines and landscapes, but they didn't seem to pay the bills. And um, when it came to models and friends that I had in the area, it seemed like the likely
2: choice to make. Uh, now, I'm just looking at um, at your um, Instagram feed here. Um, and. It always looks like you you have a, a great connection with your models there's there's a great rapport um they they pose well they uh, i mean it, it's across the board they all they all have a very special connection um whether they're looking at you or not um how do you how do you go about uh, preparing uh, your model for a shoot and and how do you deal with uh, with getting those kind of responses uh, obviously it's part and parcel of who you are but uh, maybe maybe enlighten us a little bit more about your process around that
3: I think a lot of it comes down to communication if they know what my main lighting source is they know which which way to act which side the main light is coming from if i'm doing a lot of I think emotion comes from where you are and what location you're using outdoors using natural light you have to understand where the sun's coming from there you have to explain to them how their nose or their face has to point in the direction of the main light. So certain times of day obviously dictate certain poses. You'll see a lot of my poses on my Instagram feed. A lot of the girls heads are up a little higher with their hand perhaps over their forehead or anything like that. That just dictates what time of day it is. I can only use certain poses at certain times of day. So in that my lighting dictates the mood I give to the photo.
1: The one about post-processing work? Because there is something special about that too. If you look at your Instagram feed or uh, see some of your photos on your website, it's, uh, it, there's a certain type of punch to it that I don't necessarily see with uh, other photographers.
3: I think the main thing with me is I look at skin tones. I'm more worried about skin tones and how to get a certain color to be portrayed. So if I'm looking for a warmer light, I want something countering it in the image. So, in the background, perhaps I might make it a little bit cooler to um, show the warmth of the skin tone a little bit more. On my black and whites, I I have a rule that I say: color shots contrast should be two to one. In black and whites, contrast should be at least four to one.
1: Can you explain that? Sorry.
3: Should be quite a lot higher.
1: Just, just explain that concept to the to the listeners.
3: In in color, I'd say the contrast, the difference between the shadows and the highlights should basically be two to one. The one should be half that of the other. Mm-hmm. In black and white, I want the whites and the darks, so or the darks and the lights, to be a four to one change in depth. So that it looks very high contrast. I know a lot of people like black and whites to be a lower contrast. I'm very much a fan of of high contrast. There's a famous quote that says, If you photograph people in color, you're seeing their clothes. If you photograph them in black and white, you're seeing their soul.
1: I read on your blog also. Sorry, Leon. um, I read on your blog also that um, you use a polarizing filter.
3: A polarizing filter. Yes, I use that basically to tone down the blues. Another way that they use it lately, the polarizing filter, is to get rid of any shine on the skin. So sometimes lately, especially in studio work, they don't want any shine, and they want a very matte feel on the skin finish, and then they'd also use a polarizer to get rid of any shine off the surface of the skin.
2: Um, Marty, when uh, you mentioned um, seeing the soul when you're shooting in black and white, um, that's that's referencing Martin Bailey, because he, I think he shoots all of his, his fashion in black and white, and that's exactly the reason that you, you're drawn to faces and people's characters in, in a way that's uh, tipping the hat to... To the character and the personhood of the model, um, so that you go there first, and then you go and explore the garments and the the way that the fabric moves and all that. Um, I quickly want to ask you just about uh, just how you measure that contrast ratio difference, um, the four to one and the two to one. Is that a histogram thing that you that you do, or um, is it colour pickers, or how do you how do you measure that uh, when you edit? I
3: basically always think that um, your contrast is the light is where you, you look at and the dark is what you're hiding. So if I've put a photo in, in color, usually the shadows are carrying too much color for me and it draws my eye away. So I want to complete in black and white. It draws it towards the highlights in my eyes. So wherever I'm putting in highlights is where the first image will, the first split second of you looking at an image will be dragged to the highlights. So, you try to force all the emotion and everything towards the highlight of the image.
0: I like that. Mardia, I had the opportunity to go in, um, on location with you at a shoot in Port Elizabeth on the beach at sunset. Um, I just want to find out from you, since the changeover from DSLR to mirrorless, what you found to be the benefits of of mirrorless cameras, and then also on a second part of it, your directing of models. You do it considerably well. Maybe just explain that process as well in detail. Thanks. Yeah,
3: thanks, um, the beauty of the mirrorless system to me is at sunset especially I like to do portraits with a lot of sunburst in them and using a dslr I can never I'll blind myself the sun comes directly into your eyes through the pentaprism with a mirrorless I can move the camera exactly where I want it and get exact sunburst the way I want it if I'm shooting at f16 to get a pure sunburst coming in with eight to 11 sides, I can do that. I can open it wide open to F1.2, and I can see how it's filling up and lighting the one side of the face, just by moving it millimeter by millimeter. You'll need thousands of images on a DSLR to get the same effect that you can do in two images if you really wanted to. The directing of a model, I'd say, it depends on what they're wearing. If you have an entire, um, you working first on your background, so beam sunset, sunrise, blue skies, rocky background, forests, I work on that first. My exposure is taken on the background first. Then I worry about the model. So if I know the depth of field in my background, I know if I wanted an F16, I want everything in focus, or so I wanted F1.2 and I want to focus everything on the model themselves. Um, from there, I take on what they're wearing and I think of the mood that's going to happen. If I want to add in, kind of darken up the background, I'll add in more light into the image. Generally, I shoot outdoors with no extra lighting. I feel it, it, it blends in a lot better. And with the ability of the cameras now that I can see exactly what I'm getting at F1.2, shooting at 1 over 32,000th of a second, I can really throw out the background without any need of ND filters or polarizers or anything to darken up my image. When it comes to the posing, I also like to use the hands and tilting of the face. Um, a lot of people know this, but when you look at it, I've said this before, the photo and film expos, um, the lines on a man's body and a woman's body are different. All the lines that matter on a female's body go downwards, down over the legs, over the the cleavage, everything like that. All the lines that you want to show off are going downwards, all the lines on a man being The chest, the abs, everything go in a horizontal way, that makes sense. Um, And the beauty of this mirrorless system is once again, what you see is what you get. If I want to warm up my image on the fly, I can change my white balance. It's all in my electronic viewfinder. Every change I make is live. If I want to check what it's going to look like underexposed, I can quickly change it without needing to take a, a shot, change it up, see what's going to look overexposed. And every movement I make, every change of my f-stop, um, it shows it live through the viewfinder. Nothing is changed. If it's shooting black and white, I'm seeing black and white. Uh,
2: Mari, obviously, you're not, um, you're not shooting high-speed uh, high motion or anything like that. Uh, do you find shooting outside with f1.2 that you ever need to go into the, the electronic shutter territory?
3: I sometimes do, depends on the strength of the light. If I've got to shoot at, in the direct sunlight at f1.2, I am hitting on the 32,000th range, which will force me into the electronic shutter. Um, I don't do like, you know, I don't do anything that's running around high speed. I don't try not to chase the models around. Um, anything other than that, I've, I've used it quite often
2: you mentioned that you um, see everything in the camera. So um, how much of the, uh, uh, you're a, you're a Fuji film shooter, um, quite obviously from your Instagram streamer also, <laughs> and um, an ex-photographer, but uh, you famously say that uh, when you shoot, you shoot everything pretty much like it is in the camera. Do you tweak your, um, your, your imaging parameters, um, your highlights and shadows, all that kind of stuff live as well? Or uh, how much, how much post do you actually do and how much, do you get right in the camera? Well, to give you an
3: idea, a wedding, after a wedding I give them the SD card, and that's the photos, so I I don't do much post, I play around a lot with the highlights and shadows, and the bonus being that it's separate. You don't just have a contrast slider, you've got either highlight tones or shadow tones, either one you can individually change, which makes all the difference, because now in a high contrast situation, where there's strong sunlight, I can go and change and lift out only the, the shadows and bring that out. So every shot that I take, before I press the shutter, I know exactly what it's gonna be like. In the beginning, it was always that you'd have film, you'd had to wait a few um, days to have it printed and see the results. Then was DSLRs, you had to take a photo, then see the results, make your changes. Now the new era has come that you make all your changes before you even take the photo and you know exactly what it's going to look like.
2: Absolutely. Can't agree more on that. It, it just speeds up your workflow and your confidence in directing the models and you, you see things live. It's, it's next level. No, definitely.
3: I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I could go back to shooting a DSLR. I still definitely think I feel like I'm cheating shooting with a mirrorless
2: right now. yes uh professionally cheating means that you're just doing your 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 job better faster exactly yeah you
3: you almost as much as you want to tell everyone about it you almost don't (laughs)
0: listen here guys you guys have have a a a passionate (laughs) love affair now but um when
2: it when it comes to uh to fashion um maybe we can just explore a little bit um, you've you've had a chance to shoot with a gfx as well and uh, have you is that the, for the kind of stuff that you do do you find that that is uh, part of your makeup or is the xt2 and in the and the xtron sensors does that check all your boxes because people seem to think that it's such a small camera um, do you ever get asked about that
3: the one thing there's many things that you that you kind of think of because moving into the territory of territory of medium format it's it's a, it's a big camera and you're walking around with a couple of hundred thousand brands worth of equipment all the time. And it, it does get heavy and cumbersome. If I'm gonna do a billboard, so now I would be doing a billboard shoot, then I would use the GFX mainly for its megapixels. But looking at the, at the X-T2, the ease of use and how quick it focuses and I, I, I couldn't see myself letting go of an X-T2 for a GFX for all my work.
2: That's a that's a very interesting point. Um, I've had a couple of conversations with people who've who've been able to shoot with both the XT2 and the GFX, and how they apply the cameras in different places. So it's not either or; they they both have their place, and that's I like I like that that angle.
3: I I definitely agree with it. I mean, every one of the Fujifilm cameras has their place. Even looking at the X100s, you know the F, all of those. It's it's a lovely camera to have, and if you look at you looking to get just a 21 or just that type of length, um, much easier get the X100F. You have a full camera with that lens already on it and, you know, the replacement value of all these things is just amazing. You look price-wise and quality-wise in the Fujifilm system, you can't beat that.
1: Marty, we talked a little bit about uh, famous photographers a little bit earlier, so um, guys like Stephen Meisel, uh, Helmut Newton and Richard Avedon, who do you find is your inspiration?
3: I'd say it depends how you look at it, because if you're looking for perfection, you're looking towards Annie Leibovitz, Mm -hmm. she takes time to set up all her shots, she takes loads of time with her groups, Um, then there's also Mario Testino, and he has very much a no-rules-barred form of photography, and he focuses mainly on the clothing, he doesn't care what the model looks like, he doesn't care where he puts the model, it's all about the Mm -hmm. fashion. other people, if you look at really strong colors, you're looking at David LeChapelle, and I guess what, what these people actually tell you is that um, art is something you never retire from. Each of them, Annie is now 68, Mario 63, David LaChapelle is now 54. I mean, you look at any of the great names. the Steve McCurry, who took the photo of the Afghan girl, is now 67 years old. So there's a lot of people that do give you that inspiration. And if you look at artists, um, even Dali, he was still, at 84, 85, he was still doing art. That's, the main thing is looking at people that, that just have never given up from art. Like you were talking about Richard Aberdon earlier, and he was even saying that all photographs are, are accurate, none of the truth. So if you, if you delve deeper and you get into the editing styles and There's also um, certain places nowadays who have decided they're no longer going to edit, misguided now actually, is no longer editing stretch marks. So Mm. you look out, everything else is starting to go back to the norm. I don't know if if everyone's getting lazy of editing or there were fights about it, but everyone is taking a step back and saying we want more real. And I think in that way, um, Mario Testino is keeping it in that style of things.
1: Mm. Mm. He's got a beautiful uh, photo of uh, Prince Dai, isn't it?
2: Yes. Okay. Um, I like what you've said about um, taking a look at at the guys that are 60 plus um, uh, for your inspiration. And when you look at their work in a retrospective manner, you can actually see how they've grown and how their styles have adapted and become uh, purer versions. But uh, the guys that rise to the top, you can always see that there's a steady stream of, of, of pushing themselves and, and delving into their... Um, their thoughts and their ideas specifically around the genre of shooting. Um, what are your ideas? Because you still, in terms of the, the average age of the successful international fashion photographer, you're a young gun. Um, so so when, you, when you look at your work retrospectively and where you see yourself going and where fashion photography itself is going, where, where do you project it going in the next five to ten years?
3: I think many of the changes are coming through, like in British Vogue now. They've had Naomi Campbell she's been told now to take care of body image which is a big thing coming up throughout the um, the modeling industry you'll see a lot of the the bigger modeling agencies are also changing to plus size models there's now from 10 years ago there was no models that were plus size to having i think there's four in the sports illustrated this year that are all plus size models. So the image of fashion and everything is changing drastically towards body image. So I think the editing style will have to change too, that nobody wants to view, be viewed that they need to be anorexic, they need to be changed. The body acceptance is gonna come in the next few years. So all the changes that are taking place are aiming towards that. The anorexic model is no longer gonna be the number one model in
0: the world. Follow us on S-O-O-C underscore live, both on Facebook and on Instagram. We will show examples of mardia's work. mardia where can we find you on social media and on the interwebs?
3: You can find my Instagram account on um, Marty Marie. that's E, as well as on shootuprint.co.za.
0: Awesome. Mike, Leon, where can we find you?
1: I'm uh, on fark one on Instagram and then uh, you can check out our website at techsmart.co.za for the latest tech news.
2: And I'm uh, leon'slens.com or leon oosthuisen on Instagram.
0: Mardia thank you for joining us in studio. It was great to chat to you about fashion photography. Um gentlemen, it was it's always a pleasure to 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 be with you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you guys.
2: It was thank fab. You. Thank you. Chat soon. Thanks, money.
0: Cheers.
3: grandlive.co.za